Welcome to That Super Fan Talk Podcast, only on the Infinite Potato Alliance. I was at Walmart today. My wife laughed at me because I was at Walmart today and we were walking through the toy department because we had a two-year-old with us, so he wanted to look at the toys. And uh, and Pawpaw doesn't mind looking at the toys either. And uh, <laughs> they had, Rick, I think you've got this thing. They had Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. It's about this I have tall. It. Yes, I have that. It was like $15 and I yes. started to buy it. If, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. I started to buy it. I'm probably going to end up going back. And, oh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. And I, I lit up like a Christmas tree and my wife was like, you are embarrassing me. Stop. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, that's why I look. have that. <laughs> I saw it and I came home and I'm like, I saw the coolest goddamn thing today. And my wife went out and got it for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I went to Walmart one day and I saw that and I saw, uh, the Iron Giant. They both walk and they both light up and yeah. talk. And I bought oh. both of them. Iron Giant was right next to it. I, I told my wife. It's funny when you walk through the toy department, it's like they're selling the same toys that they had when I was a kid. I walked through the toy department, I saw Ninja Turtles, I saw He-Man, I saw Transformers, I saw Batman, you know, it's, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're, is back. because they're still selling to us. They know that right? we're still <laughs> buying toys yeah. all these years later. By the way, I go to the toy department all the time and I don't have a two-year-old. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just going to look for McFarlane. DC figures at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you know, it's just, it's, it's basically an excuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking, Sean? Grandy's peach tea? No, this, yeah, this is Mountain Dew. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's go ahead and get started. And welcome to that Super Fan Talk podcast. We're the show that knows that Superman has a Chuck Norris nightlight. My name is Sean Ray, and tonight is going to be a DC heavy show. Uh, before we get into that, let me introduce the rest of our panel. Uh, right next to me, if you're watching on uh, Facebook, right next to me is Jen. How's it going? Hi, how's everybody doing? <laughs> we have uh, from the uh, DC on Screen podcast. We have Dave. How's it going, sir? Hello, everyone. I'm doing all right. Hope you guys are well, too. Right below him is Mr. Scott. How are you? <laughs> Sorry. Hi. And rounding out the panel is Rick. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I know that uh, in our on our last episode, I promised that this episode was going to be about the Wizard of Oz. But you're a liar. I've well, well yeah. I figured I'd, I'd push that back because uh, a couple of days, about a week or so ago, we had a movie come out that we wanted to discuss, and uh, we're going to get into that in a few minutes tonight. We will be discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was written by Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio, and Will Beale, and uh, directed by Zack Snyder. Before we get into that, since uh, Dave is here. 
I wanted to ask him, what, what do you think of the new uh, Superman and Lois show? I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's really good. I think it looks um, really cinematic. You could tell that HBO Max has been throwing money at it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it looks fantastic. And I think it's got a lot of great beats to it. So I'm um, enjoying it, too. It, oh, it, it, yeah. it really it really seems to be a, a blend of Arrowverse, there's a lot of Smallville in it. it, it it's got mm-hmm. that Smallville, well, I mean, because it takes place in Smallville, but it's got the feel of that series. It's got that Monster of the Week kind of thing going for it. Especially, I mean, we're only four episodes in, so. Uh, Not only that, it feels like it's kind of cherry-picked the best parts from all the iterations of Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting it exists. Is Superman actually Superman in this? Yeah. 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 Okay. As, as opposed to watch. As opposed to who? As, as opposed to like I, Smallville uh, or Gotham, this, oh, so, this well, kinda... see, there's the thing on, on Smallville. It wasn't that Superman was someone else, or Superman wasn't Superman. He wasn't Superman yet. It was yeah. Clark Kent. Yeah. That's who it was about. So they never said it was a Superman show. It was a Smallville. I, I know, show. but that's why I didn't watch it. Because it, Dave, you probably haven't heard me say this, uh, but and it finally dawned on me why Wandavision didn't work for me. Um, I and it wasn't it wasn't anything on purpose. It wasn't saying it was a bad show. It was just. I realize I generally don't like origin stories because they generally bore me. Uh, and mm-hmm. I really don't care about superheroes when they're not being super. So, like, I don't really care if Clark Kent is having angst or if Bruce Wayne is having a rough year. <laughs> I want to see Superman and Batman. and I don't really give a damn what else they're doing. Well, and, this is Superman. Yeah, this is, and that's why I'm asking because, like, yeah. I watched the first episode of Smallville and was like, all right, we're watching Clark get bullied. We. <laughs> I guess it takes place in present day, but it's kind of every iteration of Superman that we've ever seen where Clark and Lois work at the Daily Planet and, you know, they live in Metropolis. This takes place after all that. So they've got, mm-hmm. they've got teenage sons now. They've moved back to Smallville. You know, uh, they don't work at the planet anymore. That kind of stuff, you know, so, so it's, uh, it's the same characters, but it's a completely different setting than we've ever seen them in before. So it's and it's yeah. really interesting. So they're they're definitely taking advantage of the uh, of the CW Arrowverse uh, post crisis status. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they, can, they are. Yep. They they can do pretty much whatever they want. They're they're just blazing their own trail with this show, and I, I think it's pretty impressive. And I agree with Dave. Uh, HBO Max is clearly throwing some money at it. Uh, we, so now we have found out. The money that the Flash is obviously no longer getting. Now we know where it's going. <laughs> well, they're star. They're star girls. This is the Superman that we saw. This is the Superman we saw in Supergirl, right? Tyler yeah. yes. Hecklin. Yeah. He, uh, yep. yeah. Ty- Tyler Hecklin. No, is it? Is I, it I like him. I think he does a really world? good job. It. It might, is. Might we see Kara at some point. Yeah, we might. We I, might. Uh, ostensibly, we could because, uh, as far as we know from the five-part Crisis story, all the different uh, Earths and. Uh, you know, parallel uh, realities have merged together into Earth Prime. Mm-hmm. But um, having said that, no other Arrowverse characters have popped up on Superman and Lois yet. And I have noticed that they're making a concerted effort. It's like Clark is Clark as much as possible. I was watching it mm-hmm. last night, the, the latest episode, and... He goes into a burning building and he puts out the fire with his breath 
as Clark. I'm like, why didn't he become Superman? <laughs> you know, and but then he always becomes Superman in about the last third of the of the episode. Kind of like in that old, uh, the old Incredible Incredible Hulk. Hulk series yeah. where he, he was, he, he, he totally hulks it. Yeah. He becomes, <laughs> he becomes Hulk in the last 10 minutes of the show or whatever. <laughs> well, one of the nice things I like about Superman, I, I forget who said this, but it was one of those things where like when they, when it was said out loud, it made total sense is that, you know, all of the other superheroes, the superhero is their alter, is, is their alter ego. Whereas Clark is the alter ego. <laughs> In, in, for Superman, yeah. To be fair, Bruce Wayne is an alter ego as well. Batman is Batman, but he was Bruce Wayne Bruce before Wayne. he became Batman. He created Batman. That doesn't matter. Cal- that, Bruce, that Bruce Wayne is dead, and he is now a disguise. He be, he's, yeah. he, he's Bruce when he needs to uh, appear in front of a crowd, or he needs to because he's a million a billionaire. So he's got to he's got to make a lot of public appearances. That's why I've always said about Superman. Really, has three personas. He's got he's got Clark, where he has to pretend to be a bumbling, clumsy person and everything, and then he's also uh, Superman, when he has to take the key to the city or cut a ribbon in front of some mini mall or something like that, or and he's also and then he's Kal El, and Kal El is who he truly is, and that's who his friends know, as who his family knows and stuff like that. I am happy to do away with bumbling Clark forever. Like <laughs> yeah. I liked Superman the animated series. He never tripped and bumbled and all of that. Nah, yeah, just just have like intrepid reporter, last son of Krypton. That's all you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I haven't seen a whole lot of bumbling in Superman and Lois, which, which no, me either. No, yeah, he's just kind of being himself now. You know, he's kind of mm-hmm. gone back home and back to his roots and all that kind of th- all that kind of stuff and. Uh, so Bulent just commented, he says that, uh, Bruce is the, definitely the playboy character that he plays. I wanted to just throw this out in case you wanted to, Sean, take a, a minute to, uh, to discuss this. But has anyone else on this panel seen the trailer for the new Suicide Squad? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I haven't watched it yet. It keeps popping up and I keep saying, I need to watch that. And I, and I keep telling myself, <laughs> I want to wait and watch it on TV instead of on my phone. And then I forget about it. So I haven't I, let me yet. let me put it this way. I saw the trailer and I, and I asked my wife, "Have you have you seen the trailer for Su- Suicide Squad yet?" She said, no, she came over. I was in my head going, oh, "For fuck's sake, all right, let's watch it." By the end of that trailer, I was excited about this movie. Me too. <laughs> I was excited before. I was excited throughout. Uh, laughed heartily throughout. I, it looks great to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to make a note of what the timestamp was. Where I I'm to, sorry, to I was, that was one of my earliest ones. I apologize. <laughs> no, it, I, I was more excited for it by the end of the trailer than I was beforehand. Uh, I was already looking forward to it because I figured that James Gunn was going to do a pretty good job. This trailer kind of kind of nailed it. It's it's looking very entertaining. Did you guys see that uh, John Ostrander is the guy that's putting the literally putting the bomb inside of Savant's neck? I didn't. He's, I did not catch it. That's I who it was. That's it. wonderful. Yeah. That's yes, that is. <laughs> he basically <laughs> created the Suicide Squad in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, okay. like the 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 version of that where they're putting the bombs in the necks and stuff. I like that Peter Capaldi's in it. I didn't know absolutely. That. Also, but before, before we move on to uh, the the uh, Justice League. I've mentioned Stargirl before. I started to mention it a minute ago. 
Dave, I know you've seen it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, Scott, have you had a chance to go and watch any of it yet? Not, not yet. I'm, um, getting it, but I have, I've had too, too many other things that I need, need to watch. We've got, so I haven't gotten to it. We've gotten the news that, uh, <clears throat> played the original Flash. Can't, can't, I don't John know. Wesley Ship. Yeah. Yep. He's going to be Flash in season two of, uh, mm-hmm. Stargirl. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because it's, does it take place on Earth too? Uh, it's the po- new pro, the new post crisis Earth two that no that no one on Earth Prime knows about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because Stargirl appeared. They've already on, undone the crisis. There's a secret they, Earth they, two now. They already they undid it in Crisis on Infinite Earths because uh, it yeah, ends with that we see like the montage of different Earths and and now Ollie doing the the voiceover about the Earth Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. And Stargirl was Earth too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stargirl appeared in. Uh, I mean, she was on Legends of Tomorrow, but mm-hmm. this is a younger version of her, and yeah. they're they're bringing back all these. Uh, they're recreating a lot of the Golden Age uh, heroes. So, yeah. John Wesley Ship is going to play like the old version of Flash, the one that had the helmet mm-hmm. and all that kind of yep. stuff. So, his his Jay Garrick persona from yeah. From yeah. Yeah. Pre- previous seasons of The Flash. As as much as I've come to understand that Jeff Johns is not the nicest person, <laughs> um, Stargirl is fantastic. It looks cinematic. It is well-paced. That first season was phenomenal. Yeah, it yeah was really I loved good. it. It was really good. So if you already have HBO Max, uh, go and watch Star- Stargirl Season 1 because it's on there and it's and it's pretty good. I keep, you know, I get so many recommendations all the time about, oh, have you watched this? Oh, you need to watch this. Oh, I like, and I forgot. Uh, you guys have been raving about Stargirl for weeks, and I keep forgetting about it. So I've got to watch Clark and Lo- Clark and Lois. Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark. Yeah. Yeah, no, Superman no. and Lois. Superman. Superman oh God. My, my, my wife. My wife did the same thing the other day and said, "Are we going to watch Lois and Clark?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, we can, but that show's like thirty years old. <laughs> it's, it's, it's old and it's cheesy and campy, and Dean Cain is a dick. So no, let's not yeah. watch that. One. Let's watch Superman yeah. and Lois instead. That didn't change. That didn't I change. About, I was about to say Dean Cain. Speaking of people who come out as really bad people, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Dean Cain and Kevin Sorbo are hanging out together somewhere. Yeah, oh, they, 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 they can go. They they can go make some direct to video make a new uh, uh, walk, walking tall four or something like that. Uh. <laughs> All right, they're like sitting on a porch knitting MAGA hats, <laughs> defending the Second Amendment for Christ. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. All right. So I'm sure everybody that's listening knows the history of the Zack Snyder's version of uh, Justice League, but I'll kind of nutshell it right here. Uh, Zack Snyder was the original director of Justice League 2017. He ended up leaving the project during post-production because he had some... And if anybody... If I say anything wrong, you guys stop me and, and correct me. But he... No, uh, they will have you covered. He has some personal issues as well as some studio interference. And uh, so he decided to leave the film. And it was given to Joss Whedon, who did a massive overhaul of the film and did a lot of reshoots. Something and, all right. From what I from what I understand, he only used about ten percent of what Snyder shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the result was a movie that, at the time, 
I said was not bad, but not nearly as good as I thought it could have been. I guess that was an understatement because I've I've watched it a few times since then. I was like, this movie's just it's just not that good, you know. Yeah, you sour on it over time. I I know I understand the reason why Warner Brothers picked Whedon because he'd done Avengers and it had been so successful, and they're like, well, we'll just make it the DC version of Avengers. That was what they were planning on. Mm-hmm. They picked the absolute wrong director to do this. I in my opinion, especially with what Zack Snyder had already finished. It was a complete 180 from what he did, and it didn't work. Especially with the two movies that that were before it and leading up to it, because you can tell, especially with this new cut, there's an overarching story in the in the midst of everything going on. And Whedon just went, yeah. <laughs> he just took it and threw it in the trash, and it ruined the entire aesthetic. I mean, yeah, Snyder's doing this like darker, edgier DC. I don't mind it. Uh, I don't either. But I mean, some I was, people do. Uh, there was a lot of people that didn't like Man of Steel. I really like Man of Steel. I've always wanted a Superman movie that was... I, I mean, I love the Christopher Reeve movies. But then when they went and made Superman Returns, I really hoped that they were going to do a movie that was more based on the comics. And then they went back and they just made a sequel to the Christopher Reeve movies. And, well, yeah, you, uh, not even the sequel; they just redid it. Yeah, <laughs> well, kind of, sort of, except they added a kid to it. Yeah, and yeah. and basically took the third and fourth movie and went nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I was totally fine. Well, yeah, we yeah. all do that. <laughs> they, they, uh, they made the S on Superman's chest stand for Stalker. Just floating around outside of Lois's house. <laughs> that too. But that's that's the perfect example of like everybody who keeps harping on Christopher Reeve. I'm like, if you want to see that retread, go watch Superman Returns mm-hmm. and yeah. understand your folly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's absolutely an homage slash love letter to the uh, the Donner movies, not the Lester movies, but the Donner movies and the Christopher Reeve Superman. Unfortunately, it is too much of an homage and too much of a love letter that it it tries to cover a lot of the same ground that the first two Superman films covered while not doing it as well as they should have. I really didn't think that a a new modern day reimagined Superman movie was something that I should fall asleep during the first time I watched it. But that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And and yet because of Crisis, I would watch a series of movies or, or television seasons, whatever with Brandon Ralph as that Superman because of his kingdom come Superman. Oh yeah. When, visually ha- I, oh my God. Crisis made him great. When, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, nothing that to- was wrong with, uh, nothing that was wrong with Superman returns was Brandon Routh's fault. Exactly. No, exactly. No. And when they put him into crisis to reprise that Superman that he did on film, Completely re-energized. I was. Yeah, and I was, he was, was great. He was amazing. I was back on board to see more of him doing that. Right. Just don't make it another Brian Singer film. Just mm. give me a Brandon Routh Superman <laughs> with good story behind it and and some uh, some drama. Mm. And also, you know, a great reminder putting him in that suit that Brandon Routh is a is a snack, dude. Like, <laughs> he, yeah. You forget about that because you see him in um, like, Legends. Uh, no, I was talking about. I was thinking of Arrow. I can't remember what season he appeared That's in. Same character. Um, yeah, it's the same character. Season three. Season three. It, uh, he was introduced in season three. You yeah. see Brandon Routh doing the salmon ladder, and you say, you know what? 
this, okay, this is impressive. I'll watch this. And then it becomes the Adam and he's, you know, taking it to crime and he's driven and he has a purpose and he is a, a rather imposing and an impressive superhero. Then he gets to legends and he just turns into a dweeb. Yeah. Yeah. I was not a fan of what happened to his character on legends. Yeah. I have felt that way, but then looking back at arrow, like I've gone back and watched Ray episodes of Arrow and he's like over here geeking out with Felicity about Doctor Who and I'm like okay yeah no he was always that it was just they didn't emphasize it as much as they yeah, that, yeah. that was it was an aspect of him it wasn't the entirety of his character mm-hmm. by the time he left Legends he was virtually never in the Adam suit of course then again yeah. most of the Legends are virtually never in their mm-hmm. you know, respective hero outfits if they even have one we don't They're want expensive. Their faces, yeah. We pay a lot for these actors. <laughs> oh no, no! It, it's it's totally because those suits are expensive. Yeah, and Legends does not have that budget. <laughs> Wasn't Superman Returns the one where they had to digitally uh, reduce his uh, package uh, endowments? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. which is better than what happened on the 1966 Batman series, where they literally gave Burt Ward pills. That they thought would, and he took them. That, yeah, that, 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 I think that's kind of being debunked. I think that was a, I think that was a story that Burt Ward just told to. Was it to debunked? See, yeah, I think he was just I, telling that story to see how far it would go. Sean, that's the kind of story I don't want debunked. <laughs> I want to believe that. But Brandon when I was Rout basic was, training. Uh, they put saltpeter in our in our uh, drinking water. <laughs> While we're talking about Brandon Routh, he's. I mean, he's a really good actor. He's in, uh, he's on the rookie this season playing this racist asshole cop. And as far as racist asshole cops go, he's doing a good job. <laughs> Is that what that, I saw? I, yeah. I saw a clip of him being that way on, on Facebook, but it didn't identify what show or movie it was from. Yeah, it's the rookie. The rookie. Yeah. Okay. I forgot that show was still on. All right. So the, the rumors abounded that Snyder had kept all of the footage that he had shot and he, he had it on his laptop and then the hashtag uh, release the Snyder cut was born. And a few years later we have a global pandemic. Warner brothers needs to put something out, you know? So, uh, suddenly so, it's the cats with buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they, they let, they gave Snyder some money. He didn't take any more pay for himself, but they did because he'd already been paid to direct the movie, but he, um, they gave him some extra money to put into some visual effects. And he did go and shoot about five minutes more uh, footage. And we'll talk they about told that. him, they told him he could not shoot anymore. And he was like, screw it. And he brought people over into his backyard, literally his backyard and shot. Yeah. What, what I understand <laughs> is that, uh, so, so the only thing that he shot was that nightmare scene at the end. Yeah. And, um, and he obviously couldn't get everybody. Yeah. From what I understand, Ben Affleck, and Jared Leto were the only ones that were physically there. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, they shot either remotely uh, and just put the footage together, or you know, or it was some composite shots or something like that. But uh, Ezra Miller, I, I will, I will bet you cash money on the table that Ezra Miller was a completely CG flash. Yeah, he didn't say the, anything. So no, I, yeah. Well, not, Ezra, not only not only did he not say anything, but I, when he opened up the mask or his helmet, and you can see his face. That was a computer-generated face. And it had, fa- had facial hair and stuff like that. He was on the set of Fantastic Beasts, and um, Zach actually had to uh, direct him over, like, Skype or something. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I mean, so Zach, like, yeah, Zack Snyder said <laughs> that I've always I've always wanted to do a scene with Batman and the Joker. This may be the only chance I ever get to do it. So screw it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so well, and, as, uh, as long as we're talking about this scene, when I heard that that Leto's Joker was in this movie, that was one of the reasons why I was so reticent to watch it that joker was one i would watch a lot more of why was it so different from what they did in in suicide Squad? because bad writing in suicide squad that was most of it i have I, i'll admit i've actually met leto in person he's a weird ass dude i'll tell you that right <laughs> now yeah <laughs> and- but he's a, an amazing actor i love everything he's done including suicide squad even that was just bad writing that was not his fault and like a bunch of his stuff was on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. So a lot of the good scenes, I, I suspect, were not even put in the film. So, I, I mean, it's not his fault. Yeah, at least the little cut. The unfortunate right. thing about Suicide Squad is we can't even really say that it's been bad writing because we don't, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen Suicide Squad. We saw whatever the hell they put out, but <laughs> yeah, that was we like saw a music us, video. Yeah, yeah, we, that we, was, saw, we saw what the trailer company put together. Yeah, from, yes, from right. That's and point. not only that, it was an amalgamation of what Ayer wrote and stuff that Jeff Johns came in and changed. Like um, when he brought in that, when he wrote in that part that uh, Harley was an accessory to uh, the the murder of Robin. Um, but then in the theatrical cut we see that you know leto's already got his teeth knocked out and he's got the metal teeth he was supposed to have lost his teeth because batman knocked his teeth in yeah right so like how could he have those when he's meeting harley if she was an accessory to the murder of robin like jeff johns broke the timeline he completely screwed that movie up and then on top of it they had the 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 trailer company come in and edit it who knows what's actually out there that Ayer has yeah um so you know it might be horrible i i haven't seen an Ayer movie that i that he had control of that i disliked but uh you know who knows uh yeah but you know so much of what was in the the suicide squad that got cut out was a lot of the um codependency and the the, right. the abusiveness of Harley oh, yeah. and Joker's mm-hmm. relationship because teenage girls, hashtag relationship goals, they love Joker and Harley, can't have a... That's not abusive. Go back and watch Batman <laughs> oh, the Animated Series. He's beating the crap out of Harley. He's awful to her. I mean, even in the comics, uh, he's awful to her. But, I mean, yeah, going back to the scene from the new film, it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. And I was like... I, I was the same way. I was like, can we have more of this? Cause Leto was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I thought that what Leto did in, in Suicide Squad was kind of interesting. I wasn't, I wasn't as turned off by it as, uh, as a lot of other people were, but it was, uh, it was just so completely different. But every time mm-hmm. we see the Joker in a movie, it, it, it's completely different because everybody right. that plays him wants to put their, their spin on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with different. I loved Ledger. I know that you know it kind of it kind of became vogue to, to bash on Heath Ledger's Joker, but I loved what he did with that character. Oh no, hey, yeah, that was great. I've, I've never bashed on. It. I thought it was great. I mean, sometimes it can be just viscerally annoying uh, when as you're watching uh, The Dark Knight and you just 
no matter how much you want to stop, you can't stop noticing every time he. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which just, is just, just because the prosthetics were coming off. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was actually, <laughs> acting was. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, it he's, was ad lib. He wasn't doing it for you know. Yeah. He's licking his chops throughout that entire movie, and it's it's good characterization. But once you you see it once, and that's all you're going to see for the rest of the movie. So anyway, this this version of the Justice League, in my opinion, I, I'm just this is my opinion. It's so much better than what we got in 2017. Yes, it is four hours long. Now I think that if um, if Snyder had stayed on the project and he had gone all the way to the end and, and it had been his movie, I don't think it would have been four hours long. I think it probably he probably would have cut another hour out of this. To make it and theatrical, it needed that, mm-hmm. and it would have been crapped on, and then he would have eventually released this. Yeah, on, yeah, on the Blu-ray. <laughs> mm-hmm. The reason this is four hours is because it's not a movie he was making for the for theatrical release. This was a project film and not mm-hmm. a theater film, so mm-hmm. he could do with it what he wanted. I was surprised when the whole thing uh, was released, rather than coming out in four installments, which is what I thought they were going to do. I had heard they were going to do that, but yeah, I'll, that, I'll take that it all the- at once. Well, the legalities got in the way of that. It would cost way too much money to, uh, like, contractually speaking, a miniseries. You have to pay actors per episode. You, it gets into a whole thing. So, yeah, they, they're they not going to throw that at, any more money at that. Plus, you know, since HBO Max and Warner Brothers came to the decision to release all of their movies same day, the schedule changed drastically. Oh, yeah. And they were going to have a lot more opportunities to get, you know, activations instead of having to like draw out weeks, you know, over, over two months or whatever it was, whatever it would be, uh, for Zack Snyder's Justice League, they're like, you know what, we're going to have, you know, whatever it is, Godzilla versus Kong or yeah. what have you pop in there instead. So let's just release it all at once. And then they did, they just released uh, a week later, which I thought they would, well, I, after the Ansar off comments, I didn't think so, but they just kind of just slipped that black and white version in like a week later. It was like, by the way, that's on here now. <laughs> yeah, has anybody watched any of the Justice's Gray version? I've I seen want- a part of it. Yeah, I watched about why? half of it yesterday, and it was Rick. You said why? <laughs> when, when they did this with Mad Max Fury Road, I'm like, why? Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's not too bad. But Some if you want to watch it with no color, turn the color down in your TV. Why no, no, separate issue. Rick, it's different. It's a different experience. I'm telling you, because he re- he completely remastered it um, in, in black and white. It's not just desaturated. Yeah, but. Um, you know, the reason he did it is because he lived with it for some two or three years while editing it in black and white. He fell in love with it. And then he was also showing the fans over on Vero st- still images in black and white. And that's how we came to love it. And uh, he wanted to release it in black and white just sort of as a, you know, an extra little bonus. One of the great things about it is a lot of the contrast pops more. And it also kind of hides some of the dodgy C- CGI at a yeah. couple of places in the movie. That's what I was yeah, about some, really of the, some of the some of the CGI looks better in black and white. And the only mm-hmm. thing is, uh, some of the stuff does not work in black and white because, like in the in that first uh, flashback battle that we see between the the Atlanteans and the and Dark Side and the uh, Amazons and everybody, you know, that when that Green Lantern comes up. 
you don't immediately know that he's a Green Lantern because he's not green. It's black and white. Yeah. <laughs> Until you see him close up and you see the symbol on his chest. And then, uh, which I only watched about half of it, but I imagine that Superman putting on his black suit does not mean as much because it, it doesn't look that much different than his regular suit when it's in black and white. Other than I think that, the, that battle would have been one of those moments that you can cheat a little bit. Just let the Green Lantern be the only thing in color on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or just, mm-hmm. just his ring, you know, that might have been cool. Yeah. But, when, you know, when, when you get to, uh, the, uh, the nuclear facility and Steppenwolf is putting the mother boxes into that slab of whatever it was in the middle, give the mother boxes their, uh, individual, you know, yellow, blue, and red colors and let that be the only color on the screen. Just the, those little touches of color. Go Schindler's List with it and, and let the colors pop in very specific moments. Well, like WandaVision when she finds the helicopter and, and all that. Yeah. That was and, so Pleasantville. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the thing about uh, Justice's Gray Edition is, you know, because it's not just completely desaturated, there are, like, there are times where the textures pop so much you could swear you do see hues of color mm. that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting experience. And it's, you know, the reason why, because Zach wanted to do it and we wanted to see it. And that's yeah. added content for HBO Max. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as, as long as he's doing it for free, oh, hell yeah, put yeah, it on. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was funny was that he said last week that uh, he he might release the black and white version. And then he just released it. And nobody really didn't really say anything. It just appeared. Yeah, I don't think that was his choice. Yeah. We talked about the fact that it's four hours. Also, there's so much. I made made some notes of things that are different. Number one, well, number one difference. Everything. Yeah, the Russian family is gone. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, that well, okay, okay. No, no, number one, (laughs) the CGI mustache (laughs) lip thing, completely gone. The complete, the whole opening was different and it was so much better. Mm. Yes. Because, I mean, if you, if you don't know, which I know everybody on the panel knows, uh, Henry, Henry, uh, Cavill had gone on to do Mission Impossible. And he had to grow a mustache for that part. And when he went back to do reshoots, they would not let him shave his mustache because they weren't finished with their movie yet. And, uh, <laughs> and so they just shot the scenes. They shot all of his reshoots as Superman with a mustache. And went in and digitally erased it, and it did not work. His did lip not do looked a good completely inhuman. He looked like a turtle, you know. <laughs> it, it, it was that's what that will for quite some time be an infamous uh, CG oops. Yeah, mm. was their attempt to remove that mustache, and it might have worked it, if it was all like distance shots and stuff. But the very beginning of the movie was just, just him like standing the there talking to the <laughs> camera, close up, mm. with his lip looking all weird. And to me, the saddest part about that story is that you know the VF every VFX artist who has given an interview has said that would have been fixed if they had pushed back the release window just a little bit. But Toby Emmerich. And, um, oh, who was it? Toby Emmerich and Sujihara were so afraid of the AT&T Warner merger and afraid of losing their jobs. They wanted to hurry up and get, be able to get their bonuses if the movie was, was, uh, popular. And that was it. Spoiler alert. It wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. And if they had shaved the mustache, it's easier to CGI a mustache onto somebody than it is to CGI one off of somebody. So. <laughs> yeah, but Mission Impossible did not want to have to have that. that no, they didn't want to. They didn't want to do it. Yeah, I know. 
Well, Warner Brothers even like offered to pay Paramount for for them for their CGI of his mustache back, and they were like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> yeah, not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. It wasn't. It wasn't um, their problem. So. Uh, so, sorry, Warner Brothers. The Church of Scientology says we get the mustache. one of the uh one of the biggest changes to the movie probably the biggest change to the movie was the character of cyborg because in the original version i felt like he was kind of shoehorned into the movie uh it was it was a complaint that i made at the time that um i felt like warner brothers was trying to do what marvel was doing without doing all the preliminary work like they, they wanted to make avengers but Marvel had made Avengers after they made all these individual movies. Warner mm-hmm. Brothers wanted to make the Avengers without doing all that. They just wanted to shoehorn the, like the Flash and Cyborg into this movie. But that's obviously not what happened because Cyborg is pretty much the main character of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it, fe- it felt like a Cyborg movie most of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed with myself because I intended to start this podcast by saying I'm glad we're here to discuss Cyborg the movie. <laughs> but I forgot to say it. Mm. Well, yeah. we also, this also was, you know, one of the reasons why I don't know that we can, especially at this point in the discussion, not at least touch on the fact, you, well, since, since Justice League came out and the, and especially in the last few months, the veneer of nice guy has fallen away from Joss Whedon and we're finding out what an absolute douchebag the man is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Cyborg being almost utter, literally, almost completely removed from the original cut. Seems to be a big part of that because uh, I forget the actor's name that played Cyborg. Ray, Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. He he came out and said that Whedon was an absolute douche to him during the whole. I believe uh, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, filming, and like, I, I I can't remember. I should have looked these up before we started, but um, you know, it, it sounded like he was trying to find if there was any legal action he could take against Whedon because of the way he was treated. And then we've got Charisma Carpenter came out. Uh, about a month and a half ago as we're recording this and you know and, and finally stopped hinting and tap dancing around it and said yeah he treated her like absolute garbage on Buffy and even worse on Angel mm-hmm. and then basically fired her when she got pregnant mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah I heard and a he, lot of the he, Buffy cast he, members he tried to bully her into having an abortion or something like that yeah yeah uh, and, and a lot of the Buffy cast members have None of them actually came right out and said, yeah, he treated me like crap too. But like Sarah Michelle Geller said something along the lines of, I've always been, you know, I'm proud to be attached to Buffy and I'm proud to have played her, but I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore or something like that. She, you know, I don't want my name attached to Whedon. Right. I don't exactly. want my name yeah. forever mm-hmm. attached to Whedon. And, and also she definitely leaned into, I, I stand with and I support uh, my friends. So without saying, yes, he did this, she was saying, this lady over here who's saying that he did this, you should listen to her. Well, and also the actress is, that played her little sister, right? I, yes. I don't remember. Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah. Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah. They said that she was basically, they made sure that she wasn't alone in a room with him. Yeah. yeah. You know. Ooh. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, now, wow. and it, it, going back to Justice League, Gal Gadot refused to be in the same room with him. Yeah. Oh, I, hadn't I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Wait, like in, in the theatrical cut, when you see Wonder Woman wearing that scarf, it's because that's her stand in and they shot Gal separately and superimposed her head on top of that. Oh, wow. Stand-in. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
But but anyway, uh, talking about Cyborg's character, the 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 new stuff with him, the original original version of Justice League, I didn't really care for Cyborg, but now, I mean, he was great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like a pouty brat in the original cut, and now his angst makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and his powers are almost godlike. I mean. Yeah, he can he can just mm-hmm. wave his hand and he can launch every nuclear missile in the world. <laughs> yeah, suddenly you're going, oh, this is why he's a part of the Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> the, there were moments in this film where I found myself thinking, all right, it's it's enough with the grumpiness there, Vic. Maybe lighten up just a touch. And it's not like it's not like it doesn't make sense for his character to be grumpy. But this was four hours of grumpy. There was a lot of grumpy. Well, he, yeah, but Scott, I was, cyborg. I was grumpy for two months when I cut off my fingertips. Oh, <laughs> this guy has like a head, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm still about trying that. to figure out what the mother box did with his, you know, his neck, his chest, uh, his remaining arm. You couldn't hold on to that stuff. Come on, Robocop, it, Robocop kept an arm. Well, it depends on how much, you know, I mean, it's all fiction, so they could have done anything, but eh, why? Yeah, I kind of thought about this because he's he's really the only one of them that can't have any normalcy to his life. All the rest of them can pretend to be regular people when they're not being superheroes. They can just put on glasses. Yeah, he can. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) you know, yeah, basically. I mean, he, he can't. He's like, you know, the Ninja Turtles, you know, they just, they can't, they, all they can do is put on a, a trench coat and go out at night. You know, that's about it. But it so, works. Yeah. And, and apparently that's enough. Or if you watch the cartoon, they also have human masks that they put on. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> no, I, I will, as, as far as Cyborg goes, um, I like the character a lot better in the Snyder Cut. It, it adds more to him. He has more to do. He's more substantial. And while, yes, I complain that he was a little bit grumpy. It's not the biggest deal in the world. He plays the role well, and uh, aside from being a walking advertisement for Under Armour, he does a great job. But when you see Cyborg with without any of the you know without the hoodie or without the jeans on, and it's just you know him in in full full on uh, Cyborg mode. It, I don't know if people would consider this a hot take or not, but I think I like the visual of the Doom Patrol Cyborg better. Hmm. hmm. That's a pretty hot take, buddy. That's <laughs> <laughs> New York. Someone here has said it's New York. No one's looking at that hard at the past the trench coat. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook oh, oh my gosh! Look, there, there was a real life thing where Henry Cavill was walking around in Times Square with the Batman v Superman poster of him. Up, I heard like, about Gigantic, <laughs> larger than life, as big as a tall uh, as a skyscraper, you know. And he's walking around with just like a, he's got a Superman T-shirt on. No one cares. Yeah. No, no one, one recognizes him. No, <laughs> it was weird. Well, I'm you like, don't, oh, <laughs> you just you completely vindicated eighty years of a comic book for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you? Have any of you ever have ever been to Times Square? No, yeah. no. Nobody makes eye contact in Times Square. <laughs> what did you guys think about the um, the redesign of Steppenwolf? I actually Lots liked better. it. I thought he looked. I thought he looked. He looked good. I thought he looked better in black and white. Actually, (laughs) yeah, he does. With all those those, lights and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. The 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 gold. I I wasn't crazy about the gold, but the rest of it because I always thought that in in 2017 he looked like a 
PlayStation character. No, he looked awful. <laughs> yeah. 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 My, my problem with him in the original uh, version was I didn't understand why they went CG with him because he was just a dude in a funny hat who <laughs> could have not been a cartoon and it would have been a lot better. This would made, it have this been made though? It work a whole lot better. <laughs> Do we really want to see the, the Justice well, okay. League fight that dude in a funny hat? <laughs> well, but, but I wouldn't have been going, wow, that's some really crappy CG. Yeah. Like, he literally wears like a nightcap in the comics. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's true. They also was, made him where he's, he, he was not, I mean, he was the big bad, but he wasn't the big bad. They, they made it, well, they yeah. made this version made it so that there was dark side above him. And oh, though, it was so great to see him finally. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> yes. great. Yeah, he, so Steppenwolf wasn't the big bad. He was the primary bad in this in, in this movie. Um, whereas in in the original cut, he was the big bad. Yeah. Now he's just mm-hmm. the one that you see the most of. Um, mm-hmm. The original cut, he, he was suffering from gooey face quite a bit. Um, <laughs> it did, did him no favors, but uh, he, he looked a lot better this time around. I did not realize... In all of the um, in all the lead up stuff that I had seen uh, leading up to to the Snyder cut, I did not realize that he was going to have a face. I thought it was going to be primarily you know covered by the rest of the armor that he was wearing. So when he showed up, and you could still see a Steppenwolf face with the Steppenwolf you know chin horns there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was a little bit worried. It's like, oh, did they change their mind? Did they stick with it? Oh no, this face is way better. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it, it also the the mouth was a lot more yeah a lot more realistic than than the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most importantly, it was his face was so expressive, like it that went a long way in really solidifying the character and and the art he had gone through. Like, and, and I felt so much more sympathy and, and was so much more interested in this version of Steppenwolf, because if you recall in the 2017 version, all he's doing is being kind of creepy and claiming women and then telling, and then like going, Oh mother, when he gets near the box, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know what that was about. We never really figure in that original version. We never really figure out what he wants those boxes for. And no. this, this version, unity, yeah, this version we know, you know, he's, he's doing it because he's trying to make up for failing dark side at some point in the past. And he's mm-hmm. not being Homelander over here having a weird mother complex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's suddenly like, oh, he's for eons now. He has been conquering worlds for dark side and he just wants to be forgiven. He just wants to go home. Right. Right. And like. And then Fred to decide to tell him you still have 50,000 more worlds to conquer for dark side before you can even like have a conference with him. Just like the little mouth twitches. Like mm. I saw people putting like puss in boots in the, in the, in the Steppenwolf <laughs> armor. I saw people putting like baby Yoda in the armor. I like when, when Steppenwolf got those, got those big eyes at, at different points in the movie, sometimes it was because he was, he was sad that he uh, couldn't get back into dark side's good graces or when he got scared because he saw dark side show up in, I'm just going to call it the slab because I still don't know what it was, <laughs> yeah. it was that he put the mother boxes in. But when Darkseid becomes the slab and honestly, oh, real big and he's scared, it's like, okay. You know what? I buy it. I, I, and that's I, one of my favorite things is when he sees Darkseid and he kneals and the armor, yeah. like and it all the, falls off the, or disappears yeah. or something. Like, yeah. 
in complete submission, the armor just sheds away. Like, mm. oh my god, that is so good. Check me on this. Steppenwolf is Darkseid's nephew, right? Um, I think he's his uncle. But they is go he? back and forth in the comics. Like, originally, I think he was, like, Darkseid is Steppenwolf's nephew, originally. And then they switched it at some point into one of the canons. Huh. But he, he, Zach's going by the original, whatever that one is. <laughs> I, I can't remember which one was the original version either. But um, I, do I knew know they were related. I didn't remember how. But uh, how about that other henchman dude that kept popping up and talking to him? That oh, was cool. Yeah. yeah. Just the sod, yeah. Voiced by Peter Guinness, of all people. <clears throat> oh, really? yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know who voiced Darkseid in the movie when it was happening. I was listening to it. I thought he had a great voice. The, the voice actor for Darkseid did a, did a wonderful job. I waited till the credits, and then I checked, and then I saw Dave, did you take note of who did the voice for, for Darkseid? Oh, yeah. No, it's Ray Porter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And last night, I finished listening to the third book in the Bodiverse series of novels, mm-hmm. audiobooks narrated by Ray Porter. Oh, nice. He has a ton of books. I oh, had yeah. no idea that it – and like I said, I've just listened to like a, a, over 25 hours of that guy reading and <laughs> reading audiobooks. In, yeah. the, in, in less than a month, I've listened yeah. to over 25 hours of him, and I had no idea that he was doing Dark Side. So <laughs> and, this guy's good. <laughs> yeah, he also did the stop motion for Dark Side. Did he? Oh, wow. Really? Yes, he did. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, like people have been uh, – <laughs> showing video like Dark Sides and Frasier. Like <laughs> he's he's been on TV for years. He was uh he was the whale and freaking and well he was one of three whales in uh Monk. Like he's been showing up for forever. But yeah, he's uh, Oh, he's another he, one of those those guys who's been in everything kind of actors. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he's also like he's been really cool with the fan base since mm-hmm. since it came out that he was the voice of Darkseid. He has been really keyed in with the with the Snyder fans and uh has been on tons of streaming shows. Sean, you could probably reach out to Ray Porter and get him on the show. I will, I will try. <laughs> that, he's a super nice dude. He really is. Um the, the, the this movie Okay, so the movie has humor, but Snyder was not going for, he was going for more of a darker tone. So a lot of the Whedon-esque, uh, jokiness is gone. So you don't get Aquaman saying booyah. And, uh, Batman doesn't ask Aquaman if he talks to fish, you know, things yes, like did. that. He said that in this version? He didn't say that in this no, version. No, he didn't. No, that's what he did. Nope. No, <laughs> uh, you might have watched the wrong one. Was your version four hours long? <laughs> yeah, which you know the the reason I I don't know like the first time when he says I hear you talk to fish with that little smirk yeah. I actually liked that and it was in Zach's first trailer like his original trailer back in 2017. Trailer, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, and that was before Whedon came on. So I'm wondering if either that was a Jeff Johns add-in because Jeff Johns came on and started kind of rewriting stuff mm-hmm. or wholly rewriting stuff. Oh, John says and, you're right, Rick. He did. Okay. I don't remember it, but okay. Tell your word for it. I, I was, he I doesn't was say it. For it. No. Yeah. Snyder cut it out of this of this version. Of this I, movie. I just I watched it this afternoon. I just I finished it three hours ago, and I I, I was listening for that line. And I I didn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah, but they did leave in like where. You know, Barry asked, what's your superpower? I'm rich. Well, yeah, <laughs> they that's, what I, gonna, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, the, the, the jokiness with uh, Barry was still there. Because you can't really have Barry without having th- those jokes. That That's Some kind of, of that yeah. character, you know. I uh, think, like, the think- 
importantly, like the movie was a lot funnier. Like a lot of the same jokes are in there, but like what is missing are like the weird ham fisted reactions from Batman. It's like, yeah, strong man is strong as alone. You ever heard that? Batman just ignores that. Like he's just like, nope, that was something stupid that Aquaman just said. I'm just going to ignore it and move on. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And also that scene that, okay. So the scene with, uh, Alfred and, uh, Diana where mm-hmm. he's, he's teaching her how to make tea and stuff like that. He's micromanaging her. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Much. He's, he's crawling out of her skin because she's not doing it right. <laughs> he, he blasts. He takes that laser and he blasts that gauntlet. That scene wasn't in the original version. No. no. And without that, it doesn't make sense that Superman's uh, heat vision just gets blocked by that gauntlet. Yeah. Now that we've got that, that scene makes more sense. Oh, well, that's why it didn't just cut Bruce's arm off <laughs> when he got well, blasted that, with heat vision. Yeah, that and further in the movie, you know, in the Whedon cut, Superman just kind of shows up at the end. And in this version, that you find out he actually flies to Alfred first to figure out where they are. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, the, we still had, we still had the, the part where they're in the, uh, the sewer and when they bust through the wall, Aquaman just shows up because there's water there now. It's like, where, was he just out there hanging around <laughs> waiting for a, uh, a hole to bust in the wall or something? Well, you forget he does talk to fish. So he was probably yeah. like putting out feelers trying to figure out where like some kind of massive thing was happening. He puts his fingers up to his head and, the, and those lines come out of his head. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna make the woo 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 sound, but like, I, I couldn't the one thing that they that did, stuff. that they did put in, uh, there was a lot of Aquaman stuff that wasn't we didn't see originally. Which now, having seen Aquaman, which actually takes place after this movie, like Willem Dafoe's character is there, mm-hmm. and uh, Amber Heard's character is there, but then they do the thing where when he's underwater and he. And they need to talk to each other. They form like this big bubble around themselves. Do they, they just do not that talk to each other underwater? I mean, it's an entire race of water dwelling people. Is there no? Do, have they not devised a way to talk to each other without creating a big dome of air around? Sign them? language. Well, if you if you recall in Aquaman, they said that the reason they do that is when they want to speak uh, secretly, mm. when they don't want anyone to be able to hear them. Alright, so, so their voices won't travel through the water if they make the thing. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And I, I saw, I think I only saw Aquaman just the one time, so yeah, I, I do not remember that. Yeah, I've only seen that many yeah. once, and I really didn't like it very much. <laughs> it, it wasn't completely my thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, on to Aquaman, I, I wanted, I wanted to say something about The Flash. Cause this was, I had, I had sort of a, a come to Barry moment. Watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the flash. Go I'm ahead. Glad somebody did. Because um, I I've been kind of you know I I watched the first four seasons of the the Arrowverse Flash and mm-hmm. love Grant Gustin as the Flash as one does as yeah frustrating <laughs> as he was you know everybody knows that you know my my damn it Barry my, damn it Barry <laughs> um I was not prepared to like anyone else as the flash but this movie this cut sold me on him it was yeah, much better I, in this yeah. version i will watch i will uh, i will watch the flat his movie now because i i'm i you know i would have loved to have seen grant gustin but they they made him uh, or uh snyder made him different enough but still incredibly likable that I'm on board for him as the Flash now in the in the DCE the DC 
because number one they um they added back in the scene his his original first scene where he saves um i guess it's iris but they don't i think it's iris it is iris yeah so he saves iris in that car wreck and then they also make it so that uh barry kind of saves the day at the I mean, the whole movie kind of hinges on him at the end. You know? Kind of. He yeah. saves the entire world. He saves the man. world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, the one scene I remember from the original, the one scene that I loved in the original, and I'm glad was still there, was when he was running around Superman, and Superman turns and looks at him. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. That, that, that little look just with the eye as it turns and follows Barry. And he just Barry. Has- very effective. Very yeah. effective. Now, I, I did take a note in regards to uh, Barry's first scene in the movie. Um, I had to note the fact that Iris looks so serene as she is in her dying moment. But she yeah, know through it, yeah. the air, out of her... Well, she did know that she was about to hit that truck, and then she hit the truck. And she's ejected from the vehicle because she wasn't wearing her seatbelt. That's that's a no-no, Iris. And she's flying through the air with just a blank look on her face. There's no scream. There's no wincing. There's no nothing. Just just a serene, blank look on her face, which was unusual enough. And then Barry just starts getting really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it starts rubbing her maybe face. Maybe it's stuff. just maybe it's just me, but if I'm utilizing my superpowers out in public to save someone's life, I don't know that I'm going to take a moment to stroke their hair and then very conspicuously grab a hot dog. <laughs> I got scared. <laughs> that was a little creepy until we knew why he grabbed the hot dog, but it still was, yeah. yeah. Was, I, I saw him put the hot dog in his pocket. I'm like, thank Christ. <laughs> yeah. See, the, the the hair thing was, you know, he just you know thought she was pretty or whatever, but the, you know, everything else. Place, <laughs> oh, I agree. Well, if you can go that fast and you know, the dude does not exist in our timeline, really. Like he's just like every moment is just slugging by, yeah. and uh, you know. But to think that like you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the whole thing. I saw some people, not a lot actually, but a couple people were like, oh, it's super creepy the way he like gingerly puts her down. I'm like, dude, he's going so fast, he will break every bone in her body if mm-hmm. he grabs her any more ginger or any less gingerly than that. I was glad to see him do that. I was worried that they were just going to have him drop her on the ground, and he put her down really carefully. Yeah, yeah. and one I of my favorite moments—he should have moved her away a little bit more because he kind of lays her down yeah. underneath the car that's <laughs> that's flying by. <laughs> but one of my favorite moments is like when he turns to go save her, and his shoes just like shred and yeah. burn and rip <laughs> off of him. <laughs> I saw a meme where you know because when he turns to go uh, save her, he touches the window and it just shatters right. And, uh, I saw a meme that said the reason, the reason Flash can break that window is because Windows doesn't support Flash. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to say that, you know, that, that joke notwithstanding, um, cause I, I, I'm trying not to gripe too much about the things I didn't like in this movie, but one thing that really drives me nuts about Zack Snyder is all of the damn slow motion. I think but, I have four slow motion mentions in my notes. Okay. But <laughs> it works beautifully with Barry. 
because oh, yeah. you can't do it without. It just yeah. so shows us what happens to the world in his perspective when he shifts into the Speed Force, and I, I loved it there. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, you know, uh, Bad Robot and JJ is going to be doing some DC movies, so you get to change out your slow motion for lens flares. Lens flare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take. I, I'll take the slow motion. I like the slow motion because to me that slow motion equals splash page in a comic book. Like you want those slow, gorgeous, like huge scenes, which I think every, every shot, every frame of this movie could be like my desktop background. Yeah. Like I want every frame of this movie on my wall. Yeah. So I don't mind slow motion. You know, you got to pick your moments. Unfortunately, this is, this is Zack Snyder who made 300, which made that sort of slow motion popular enough that it comprises about 40% of every episode of Spartacus that stars Boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will take the slow motion, though, over the damn shaky cam. I hate shaky cam mm-hmm. quick cuts, so you can't see any of the action. I don't know what what's happening anywhere. Like, And I'll take it over... I know I'm going to get some, some hate for this. I'll take it over Chris Nolan's whatever his version of action is, because he does not shoot action well. No. <laughs> no <he doesn't>. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, did you notice Christopher Nolan was one of the executive producers for this? Yeah, he was one of the executive producers on Man of Steel. And he basically, his function on that movie was to keep the studio off of Zach's back. I actually got a, an yeah. opportunity to talk to Zach very briefly on a live stream and uh, ask him if there was going to be a Man of Steel director's cut. And he was like, no, that was one of the few. Like, that's maybe my only movie that like there was no interference and I was actually really happy with what was put out. Hmm. Yeah, Zach, Zach Snyder and uh, and Christopher Nolan are pretty good friends, and they uh, and Christopher Nolan is the one that told uh, Zach Snyder, "Don't ever watch Justice League; it'll break your heart." <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say this for Snyder: only one dream sequence. I was very impressed at the restraint. <laughs> only one. Nobody. Was more than- what was the other one? There was the one at the end. What, there was what the was one. The dream the best one, the one where Cyborg is connecting with the Kryptonian ship and he sees the future yeah, and he yeah. sees yeah. Wonder Woman was- dead on the funeral pyre. He sees yeah. uh, Superman oh. holding Lois's smoldering skeleton in the Batcave with Darkseid behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I interpreted that as a dream sequence. Um, oh, it was totally nightmare. Oh, yeah. Like, because <laughs> then, thought, okay. Don't he wakes up Superman, like Superman holding Batman's cowl in his hand too. Yes, yeah. and yeah. flying above a, a dead kilowog in front of the Hall of Justice. Mm-hmm. And as all he wakes up from that, and he whispers no, and Barry mishears him, goes go, and then like runs. <laughs> right. And as soon as he like touches the mother box, freaking Carla Gugino as as the voice, the 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 uh, scout ship voice says that the great that. line from yeah. Says that great line from Excalibur, you know, uh, the the future has taken root in the present. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, 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 I know I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't really that that seemed more like a. I don't, I don't know. It didn't, I saw it more as a hallucination. Well, it's a, it's a vision, but visions. It was a vision, not, not a you know, as opposed to like in uh, uh, Batman versus Superman, where it was like. Every third scene with Bruce Wayne, it was like, oh, he's in a pit with bats. Oh, it's a. <laughs> well, you know, the, okay, so the night, the nightmare, the nightmare scenes, uh, those are dreams that Bruce is having, but those are visions of actual, actual visions of the future. Cause yeah. that's what was actually supposed to happen if Zack Snyder had been allowed to make the rest of his, uh, 
movies. That yeah, Superman was, flying above that Hall of Justice with uh, the cowl is like direct continuation from the BVS scene where he rips off the cowl and blasts ba- Batman mm-hmm. to yeah. death. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and let me get to the getting back to that whole <laughs> end dream sequence. I, I has any of the rest of you um, played Injustice or read the comic? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've played the game a couple of times. Yeah. Okay, it was I've, so I've it was like it was very injustice the way they were setting it up, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, yeah. And Zach has yeah. said that that was a major uh, influence on where he wanted to take it briefly. Yeah, I, I want <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about I want to talk about where he was going. Uh, but before I do, I wanted to mention that we had the same almost the same scene. There was a couple of, of changes where uh, Martha Kent comes to visit Lois. First of all, we see that who Lois who visits uh, Lois. Martin, well, that's why that, I'm getting, I'm getting to that, Rick. <laughs> First of all, um, we find out that in the original version, Lois was still working for the Daily Planet, but she was writing from home. In this version, she's not working for the planet anymore. She's just at home. She's grieving and she's going to Superman's memorial every day. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the got- cop she the cop she visits is Mark McClure. Yeah. Yes, I know that. Movies. Jimmy, I Jimmy, like, and Lois. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy and Lois finally having a. Oh, is that him? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't make the connection. I saw his name in the credits, but by the time I got to the credits, it's a long movie. I forgot who yeah. Jerry was. Yeah. <laughs> well, then uh, Martha, <laughs> when she leaves, she steps outside, and we find out that wasn't Martha at all. That was Martian Manhunter. Now I know that the scene at the end where we see Bruce talking to Martian Manhunter was not originally shot to be Martian Manhunter. It was supposed to be Green Lantern that he was talking to. Mm-hmm. So, and Dave, you may know, was this scene originally supposed to, were we supposed to find out that that was Martian Manhunter, or did he do this for this uh, cut? Um, the Martha scene was always supposed to be Martian Manhunter. I saw some old, okay. uh, uh, what do you call them? Um, storyboards. No, storyboards. Okay. He had not. He had, he had to shoot the scene. Um, with with Harry Lennox because they had not quite gotten that yet. Harry but, Lennox um, is great. Yes, he is. But yeah, that was always the plan. But yeah, they were going to bring in. It, it was going to be John Stewart's Green Lantern, and then the studio WB told him he couldn't use it. And he almost quit over that. And he was like, "No, you know what? The fans want to see it. We can make it work with Harry Lennox. That that'd be fine." But um, and then he was also going to bring in Ryan Reynolds. To yeah, do it, to, to do it, to be Green Lantern, because he's friends with Ryan Reynolds, and he's always been like, you know what, that movie, we he needs another chance, because that was another movie that Jeff John screwed over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I've read the original the, uh, the original script; it did not read like that movie did. So uh, says Martian Manhunter only showed up for the conversations and none of the fighting. <laughs> oh, I agree. Right, true, yeah, that was that true. was funny. He's like, it's time I started fighting for this world. Like, really? Because we could have really used your help, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the time because there was, there was kind of a fight that was going on just a couple minutes ago. But now is the okay, okay, sure. Now is the time mm-hmm. for fighting. Um, and speaking of that final scene, I, I had no idea that that was originally supposed to be a Green Lantern showing up to talk to Bruce. So that's pretty cool. But regardless, whether it was a um, a, a glowing uh, verdant space cop or uh, a straight up another alien, which, you know, Bruce who was also to, a space cop. Yeah. Also a space cop, but, <laughs> but a very alien space cop. And Bruce had some 
Bruce had some problems with aliens before. But regardless of who it was supposed to be, this is another flying person that just shows up at your house. And he's like, can I help you? He took that whole thing in easy stride. It was quite an easy meeting. Not to cross the streams or anything, but to quote Captain Janeway, we're Starfleet. Weird is part of the job description. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, suspicion, caution, and wariness is part of who Batman is. But just to walk out onto his porch and say, can I help you, and have a pleasant conversation with someone and be like, all right, well, nice to meet you. Goodbye. You don't think he had like a bomb in his pocket ready to throw? Well, then show it to me. If it's not on screen, it's not real. I I don't. I, you know, at this point, like Bruce is at a different point in his life. He is, he has regained his faith as he reiterated through the movie. So I'm very good with, with where they left and where I didn't need, you know, Batman v. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair enough point. And I take it and it, and it makes sense. And I even was realizing that while watching the movie, but Everyone has their own personal interpretation of all these characters in their mind from either a one particular source uh, material mm-hmm. or a combination of various source materials. And my Batman that I have in my head is the one who doesn't trust anybody. Tower of Babel Batman is the Batman that I usually have in my head. So yeah. when I when I see him actually trusting people on screen, it doesn't jibe with my Batman. So that's why it just threw me off a little bit. Well, I mean, look, you're going to go from Bruce's will into if there's a 1% chance of Superman being their enemy, he's got to take it as an absolute certainty and kill him to, at the end of this movie, he's working with the freaking Joker. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in a dream sequence, but yeah. But I did did like uh, uh, Batman telling him, he said, you know, on the day that I kill you, and don't get this wrong, I will effing kill you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the, totally F-bombs in this film, by the way. After watching this movie, I put out on Facebook, and it was it's gotten more responses than a lot of things I put out. I just said, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck is the Affleck. best Batman. Affleck. Yeah. Oh. I thought he was amazing as Batman, yeah. and as Bruce Wayne. And that, to me, is kind of the, you know, I was in college, or I was just getting out of college when the Michael Keaton Batman came out. Mm-hmm. And when they announced Michael Keaton was playing Batman, I was like, excuse me. I think everybody Mom was, I think. <laughs> um, and I liked him as Bruce Wayne. I never bought him as Batman. And it, it was kind of like... A, as the movies progress, we always got someone who was good as one. But he even but, told us, "I'm Batman." Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I thought Clooney was the whole package, but he got the worst movie of all yeah. of them. True, um, possibly. So yeah, I thought Affleck did a, an amazing job as Batman in this movie, and you know, BV Batman versus Superman, it had its own problems, but I, I, the performances weren't one of them. Um, I didn't have a problem with Batman versus Superman until about the last thirty minutes. It, yeah, it, just, it, 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 just, it was a good movie until until. Why did you did. say that, Dave? Well, that. Uh, like, uh. No, no. When you guys are complaining about BVS, are you talking about the theatrical cut or the ultimate edition? I haven't even seen the ultimate edition. I didn't. Oh see my it. God! I hated what they did to um, uh, Doomsday. Luther. Well, Luther and was bad too. I hated Luther what they did awful. to Lex Luther, and I and I, I liked Lex Luthor. 
Oh no! I no, did. No, 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 here's, no. here's my question. For I didn't mind Lex in this. Now, this, the, the Lex in this movie was okay. Well, he's only in like a yeah, he was one only in one scene, scene for thirty like seconds. <laughs> but he was more he was more Lex like in that scene yeah. than he was mm-hmm. in, in Batman versus Superman. I, I have a question for for Dave because I know he's seen the uh, ultimate cut of uh, BBS. Yes. Did they add another? 10 to 15 minutes of fighting between Batman and Superman at the climax of the film. No. Then I don't want to watch it. No, they, that, they that added was, actual... That was, part. that was my main They added issue. blood to a few of the scenes that he's doing with the thugs. I remember that. Yeah, They did They did add some some uh, viscera, but uh, mm-hmm. the... Uh, and, and some Affleck butt, I heard they also added. Uh, <laughs> did they? I don't remember that. But, it, okay. Im- yes, they did. But in, yeah. importantly, they added, uh, you know, subplots that made the movie make sense. (laughs) It would have been been easy to help the movie make a little bit more sense, but that's just me. However, my main problem with the movie, I saw it in, I think the only time I've watched it all the way through was when I went to the theater to see it. Uh, I was still married back then, so we took my stepson to to see the movie, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and when the fight finally started, the one, it's it's Batman v Superman, uh, Harry Lennox, uh, quoted one of the lines from the uh, climactic battle scene in the Dark Knight Returns in the, the mm-hmm. comic from the eighties. He he quoted that line that, that comes during yeah during the fight yeah. to say mm-hmm. this movie is coming. That's how they that's how they introduced the concept of the film it was a line from the fight. So I was looking forward to this fight, and I had been waiting so long that when the fight started, I surreptitiously started the stopwatch on my wrist. And then I stopped it when the fight was over. And later on, I checked, and it was less than eight minutes. Uh huh. For a movie that's called Batman versus Superman, that's not a whole lot of verses for that kind of a runtime. I was a bit disappointed. Well, when, I would challenge you to go back and watch Batman Begins and start your time clock at uh, the point where he actually becomes Batman. And for a movie called Batman Begins, see how much he's actually Batman in that movie. You got a point. You got a point. Well, the, my, uh, the biggest the biggest problem that I had with Batman versus Superman is that I hated that they even put Doomsday in the movie because whenever whenever DC tries to tackle the death of Superman comics and tries to make a version of it. They never do it justice until that animated movie that they made about two years ago. I remember um, that, yeah. Did it have a giant effing spider in it? No. See, no. That's, that's another thing. Kevin Smith <laughs> Kevin Smith was going to do a movie about it and didn't do it justice. He still was not going to make a movie of the story that happened in the comics. Because... Um, you would it, have it to would, have 20 years of exposition it would be movies an epic just movie. to get to it. It would be a big movie. It would be. It would probably be a trilogy. Yeah, you... Well, but. you would have to lay the groundwork like uh, like Marvel did with the Avengers. You would have to have separate movies. You'd have to have you know movies. To, first, you have to do individual movies to introduce characters, and then a team up movie to introduce the Justice League, and then you introduce that Justice League into the Superman story because you're going to need Bloodwind, you're going to need Booster yeah. Gold, you're going to need Blue Beetle, you're going to need Ice Fire. But that's why I groan anytime. They they want to bring Doomsday into their story. That when they did it here, not in Justice League, but in Batman v Superman, I knew they weren't going to do it right. They tried to bring they even tried to bring Doomsday into Smallville, and they made it a dude that was like a werewolf that would just turn. Oh into yeah, Doomsday. that's right. Oh. And uh, and it was just 
But but then they fi- they finally uh, made the animated film a couple of years ago that got as close as I think we're ever going to get. Well, look, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll be the uh, <laughs> the dissenting voice here and just say, look, Doomsday is a crap villain anyway. He was in the comics. Um, he was basically a gray bony Hulk. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was just yeah. he was a monster. But um, he he was he screamed gimmick from day one. I remember like all the headlines and everything. I was a kid and I went, Superman's not going to stay dead. It's no, Superman. No, 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 no. This is stupid. <laughs> this is to make money. And it was just uh, like yeah. when they did super, the 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 electric blue Superman and they turned him into uh they turned him into just electricity or whatever. Then they split him and did Superman red and Superman blue. That's yeah. not going to stick. That's not going to stick no. like that. But. I've got I mean I've got action figures of it, but I knew it wasn't going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about uh what Snyder was going to do if he'd been allowed to make Justice League 2 and 3. Uh, so he, he was interviewed by Vanity Fair and I don't know if the interview happened after the release of the movie or if it was, if it, if it was something that happened beforehand. But anyway, he did an info dump in that interview Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he, he, he said that uh, a lot of what you saw in the nightmare scene was going to play into those, uh, those next two movies. So it it was going to be a terrifying future where humanity Earth has pretty much ended. Darkseid's taken over. He's uh, he's used the uh, anti-life uh, equation and turned a lot of humanity into these parademons and stuff like that. And then uh, Superman is normally resistant to this kind of stuff, but Darkseid finds a way around Superman's willpower by using his biggest weakness, which is Lois Lane. And uh, so Superman goes off to fight Darkseid, and he tells Bruce Wayne, protect Lois. Well, Bruce protects her by sleeping with her. <laughs> and, um, and eventually, um, they, and so they have like this brief love affair. And then, uh, the, 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 that idea was rejected by the studio. So he was going to rewrite it. He wasn't going to make it a, a love affair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then, but you'll notice in this movie, Lois is already pregnant. She had the pregnancy test. Yeah, in her she had the there. pregnancy test there. Like, yeah, okay. and then yeah, they heavily hinted at the end when she's got what looks like a bassinet, and you hear Bruce say, "Congratulations to Clark." Like it is heavily hinted that she's already pregnant. Yeah, yeah, and and they were going to uh, if these movies had been made, the, Superman and Lois at the end were going to have a baby. They were going to name the baby Bruce, and then yep, they were going to take him as a child. To, or as a teenager to the Batcave and, and hint that he was going to be the next Batman. Darkseid was going to realize that Lois was the key to Superman's willpower and he was going to kill her. So Bruce was going to hesitate in one crucial moment and, and, and Superman was going to blame Bruce for Lois's death and, and Darkseid was going to be able to use that to take over Superman and Superman was going to become the, this big bad guy or whatever. And Batman and uh, Cyborg was going to find a way to send Flash back in time to warn Bruce which is what we saw in Batman v Superman when right. you know, Flash shows up on the monitor and everything. And then uh, time travel shenanigans ensue and Bruce would eventually uh, sacrifice himself to save Lois and save the world. And uh, that's what Joker meant when he wonders how many realities Batman had the cojones to die in. Uh, so, yeah. And then there was going to be like this huge epic Battle of the Five Armies type uh War scene that had the Amazons, the, uh, Green Lanterns. Yeah, the Atlanteans, the Green Lanterns, the whatever humans are left, and, and all that was going to come together and just be this big battle uh, against Darkseid and, uh, save the world. So, 
Again. I got a question about the Amazons. Because the first hour of this movie was <laughs> so like the Themyscira scene was very long. The the first uh. hour was a slog. Okay, that's why when you said he probably would have cut an hour out of it, I was like, yes, it needed. You know, I understand this is a this is a, a an event, so we're just going to dump everything in there and screw the runtime. Um, Actually, you know, his assembly cut was over five hours long, so that's I'm, I'm not, not what he did. <laughs> um, but that first hour was was hard. It was hard to get through. I really enjoyed seeing more Barry. I really enjoyed all the the cyborg stuff we got. But the stuff on Themyscira, I norm. I mean, I loved Wonder Woman. The, I, I loved Wonder Woman. I, I enjoyed most of Wonder Woman '84. It had its problems, but it was it was still kind except of fun. That, except that the bad guy did the same thing that the Riddler did in Batman Forever. Hey, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> And the good guy did the same thing that Bill Cosby did to, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Wonder Woman 84 has, has some serious issues, but I'm just, I, you know, I never doubted the power of the Amazons until this movie. Hmm. Because, you know, it was, it was kind of like, uh, you know, what we'd seen before was, was more like the, um, the, the, uh, Wakandan fighters who, they looked like they were using spears and shields and bows and arrows and stuff. They were actually high-tech weaponry that just looked like bows and shields and spears and stuff like that. Yeah. Here we had one of the most dangerous objects in the galaxy being guarded literally by people with spears and shields and swords. And there were like 50 of them. <laughs> and well, to like, be... To be fair, mankind just buried theirs. And the more we saw of the Amazons in this particular movie, the less impressed I was with them. And that bummed the hell out of me because everything we've seen about the Thymosirians in the previous movies we've seen them just had me like on the on the verge of tears with joy. I loved Wonder Woman. I loved the whole mythos of Wonder Woman. And I thought that where this movie really stumbled was that whole section. I loved that sequence, and it didn't make me feel like they were weaker. It made me feel like, damn, Steppenwolf is strong. That too. That's what I. That's what I. I could tell they wanted to do, or where they were trying to go with it. But it was just like every time any one of them went up against him, he just swatted them like a fly because all mm-hmm. they had was were these primitive weapons, and they weren't even, you know apparently primitive they were primitive and and there just was no 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 tactics you know seal the building and throw it in the ocean was anyone surprised when they flew up out of the water mm-hmm. um you know there was it just i was so disappointed by the whole amazonian section of this film that it it you know i'm glad it happened right away and i'm glad the rest of the movie was so good because at that point, I was like really close to going, oh, geez, all right, I'm done with this. But then, you know, once they got past it, it, it got it got better really fast. But I just I, I think that the whole Amazonian thing was seriously underserved by this. Yeah, John, John reminds us that Wonder Woman is stronger than the average Amazon. Oh, yeah, because she's, she's yeah. half god. Yeah, she's, she's a demigod. Zeus's daughter, so. Right. Speaking of Zeus, did you see how buff that dude was playing Zeus? Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah, so. crap! <laughs> and the yeah. guy playing Ares. The, like, well, Ares was... almost took out Darkseid, dude. 
so this came out in uh well not dark side Uxos. this like, stuff was maybe dark side <laughs> this stuff was all filmed in, in before 2017 right so right yeah. right right um aries came down and put that axe in the side of uh of uh steppenwolf dark side. i was like so, yeah. uh did, did did they steal that for um Avengers Infinity War because that's what Thor did with the- I, I I was like you should have aimed for the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have went for the head, yep. There there is actually some receipts to indicate that Zach's whole plan and you can see like the whiteboards they have them on display in Dallas where like they had written all the whole plan out for the the three movies. They had them uh ironically Jeff Johns is the one who wrote it as it was dictated to him and Jim Lee drew pictures but um there is there there are some receipts that would indicate that uh jeff johns who was college roommates with kevin feige they were both protégés of dick donner may have leaked the the plans to kevin feige not only for this but for bvs as well which is why they changed it to doomsday from metallo Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and it, it kind of I noticed which is why Civil I, War was so similar. When I was watching, yeah, when I was watching this, um, it didn't strike me the first time that I saw the movie, but this uh, the the scene with Bruce and uh, Barry, the first time that they meet, reminded me a lot of uh, Tony and and Peter in Civil War. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a mm. lot of that, a lot of that. Uh, Billionaire, billionaire, two, teenager, yeah. billionaire mm-hmm. and teenager having a conversation. Yeah. That kind of stuff going on, but I don't know. Well, Marvel and DC were stealing stuff from each other since the get-go. Well, yeah, that was in the comics, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, <laughs> Thanos, you know, they literally ripped off Thanos, I mean, ripped off Darkseid to make Thanos. Yeah. And there was that conversation where they were like, oh, no, if because he was going to make him like uh, Metron, and they're like, no, if you're going to do that. If you're going to rip off a new god, rip off the really good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the whole thing of uh, Step- Steppenwolf is going around the uh, the world trying to find these mother boxes. I mean, that's Thanos going around trying to find the Infinity Stones. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just, there's it's only the three of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the cosmic MacGuffins. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to comic let, let books, ask, y'all. Let me ask y'all a question: Do is there a ghost of a chance that any of this will continue? A ghost of I a think chance? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're saying no. Uh, Warner Brothers is saying no. Zack Snyder is saying no. But you know, he said no before, and then we got this. But Zack Snyder's saying they don't. They don't want to do any more with him. Yeah, he's not planning on it. Um, but at the same time, over on Vero, he's saying he's telling us, "Hey, keep it on repeat." Because, <laughs> yeah, and like the Ann Sarnoff interview that she did, like if you look at those questions, they were like they told Brent Lang what to ask. They were they said very specific answers. No, we're going to deny the air cut of Suicide Squad's going to happen. We're going to say no more Justice League. We're moving in a great new direction with a multiverse. We want to embrace all the different filmmaker visions, just not Snyder's. And all of that was t- done before it came out. This movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League, has broken records mm-hmm. for for mm-hmm. you know Canada's crave for like all their streaming partners are record are reporting these numbers. Notice who hasn't reported a number: Warner Media for HBO Max. Yeah, like and I think at the end of the day, Jason Kyler, Jason Kyler, the CEO, he wants money. He's the one getting all of old Hollywood butt hurt over streaming. 
you know, Warner Brothers doesn't want their precious Toby Emmerich and Walter Hamada to go by the wayside. They don't want them to look like idiots for what they did in 2017. So, well, really just Toby, but they've already parted ways with Joss Whedon, though. They they kicked him off of the Nevers yeah. after the investigation. Yeah. So, um, I you know, I think it's a, even though they're saying no, I mean, we just trended Restore the Snyderverse 1.5 uh, million tweets. Yeah. Uh, on yeah, a it's Wednesday, one of, biggest, one of the biggest hashtag movements ever. I think there is more than a ghost of a chance, but um, you know. Now, will they be? We'll will see. they get everybody back? I mean, that that, that remains to be seen. I don't know. Is Ben Affleck going to come back? It depends on why they left. If they if they if Ben Affleck left because of Joss Whedon, and because uh, there was all this stuff going on with his Batman movie that was going to be, you know, he came out and said, well, he, he's not going to direct it, because Ben Affleck was originally supposed to direct it, and then they yeah. changed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So it depends on why they left, if they'll be able to get them back. Plus, you know, money well, talks. Well, Ben Affleck's coming back to the Flash movie. Oh, true, yeah, that's true. right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. As a cameo, but and yeah. money talks. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they back the money truck, they'll be able to get everybody back. I've, I think if they came back for anybody, it would be Zach. Yeah. They all like Zach. They're all friends with Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they will. Now, will it be the stuff that I just said? I don't know because he's already come out and, <laughs> and laid all this out. So he may have to make some changes. Oh, that's, that's strategy. Yeah. That, he, because I've, I've seen people who are like general audience members who are like, watch this thing out of curiosity because it was trending. They're like, oh, everybody wants to know what this is. And then they're like, oh, my God, is this going to continue what, what's happening? And then you try to tell them, like, well, you know, look, nightmare stuff came, didn't come from a comic. It's just, like, Zach's own thing that he's is part of the story he wanted to tell, inspired by something else. No. You know? <laughs> it's but a compilation of different. It is, but it is his own story that he came up with, like he and Chris Terrio came up with. So, like, just like all of this stuff is. I mean, all of this stuff is just grabbed from a lot of different sources in the comics and you know, you just kind of make whole cloth from pieces of things. Well, Bullet is saying that he's he's heard a rumor that they're going to continue it on HBO as a TV show to 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 um, kind of uh, compete with Disney Plus and their Marvel stuff. So that's the hope. Yeah, they, they I don't think it'll hope. come back theatrically. I don't think they'll do theatrical. But um, if it comes back, it'll be HBO Max, and it'll be fine. I'm fine with that because we we've talked about the four hour runtime. This is the time that releasing four hour movies on streaming works because mm-hmm. like uh Martin Scorsese put out the Irishman a couple of years ago and it was three and a half hours long and it was successful, you know, because you're watching it in the comfort of your own home. You can pause it. You can go to the bathroom. You can get something to eat, whatever. And you don't have to worry about sitting in a movie theater for nobody wants to sit in a movie theater for four hours. Yeah. You know? I've, I, I, I did it. I watched the entire. I watched the entire Dark Knight trilogy <laughs> in one night <laughs> in a theater. I was there for like eight hours. <laughs> Extended know? cuts yeah. of Lord of the Rings. Oh, and, and no, have you no. seen the, the the meme going around on Facebook right now? That uh, it's, in in light of the success of of Justice League, Peter Jackson has announced he's releasing his extended director's cut of Lord of the Rings. It's eight and a half days long. <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh my god. It would have to be so. <laughs> Oh, um, I, I, I am curious, Rick. Uh, when you when you were talking about how the first hour of Zack Snyder's Justice League was a slog, was it more or less of a slog for you than WandaVision's entire run? Because I felt like that was just I wanted the first to die. Three episodes of WandaVision <laughs> made me want to pull my head off. Mm. Um, 
<laughs> and I and I was I you know I was not in any way silent about that. <laughs> um, I think that it, it's hard to say because in retrospect, I now get what they were doing with WandaVision. Yeah. Um, it did, you know, it, it wasn't my bag, baby, but I understand what they were doing and I appreciate the craft of it. I still I think, think if they had released the first three episodes at once instead of the first two, everyone would have appreciated it a whole lot more. Possibly. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. Um, you know, if I hadn't had to sit for three weeks stewing on that crap, yeah, maybe. There was just a lot of padding in that yes. first hour. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, once they got to the first fight with Steppenwolf, or once they got past that first fight, then the movie just went pew. Yeah. I was I, on mm-hmm. our show, I was talking about like, look, I'm glad Zach got to tell the thing he wanted to tell. I'm glad that he got to make it the way he wanted to make it. But in my head, the editor in me was sitting there going like, mm-hmm, yep, cut, cut, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we, didn't need was, we didn't need Iceland Alfred. was pretty. We didn't need Iceland was pretty. <laughs> Alfred <laughs> pour tea for, I mean, it was like a four-second shot of Alfred pouring a glass of tea. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I liked that. That was, that, that, that keyed into some kind of like satisfaction thing in my head. I was just like, oh, look Easy at him. More. He, yeah. he doesn't yeah. spill a drop. But, you know, I've seen that the side of that mountainside like 15 times now, Zach. I, I, <laughs> yeah. There's some snow. I get it, man. <laughs> For me, it was, it was mainly the Themyscira part. I was like, okay, we could cut probably about half of this. It would have been better if it was a little tighter. That yeah. it was one of the few spots that the CGI I could tell was bad. There was that scene where it was Hippolyta and the other gal on the horses running away. Those horses looked so bad. Mm-hmm. They were so CG. They were CGI with them, whatever on the. T- as, that was one of the few spots. I was like, yeah. okay, they didn't really fix that. And that's one of those those scenes that's really fixed when it's in black and white. It looks so much better in black. Yeah, and white. That, that's true. But but they yeah. were also killing people left and right that we didn't have time to get to know, so we didn't care. Yeah, that too. John pointed what, okay. out that the he, he says that uh, you know the four hour runtime didn't bother him because they broke it up into six parts. That helped because I knew. Uh, I watched this over two nights. I didn't watch it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't. I watched either. it until uh, the first night. I watched it until the end of the fight in the sewer when they uh, when they decided that they were going to go and uh, resurrect Superman. Mm-hmm. And then it breaks, and like the next part is part five. So I stopped it right there. The next night, I watched the rest of it, and that really helped. So it really was almost broken up into a miniseries if you wanted to watch mm-hmm. it that way. So. Yeah, I didn't mind it being released as a four-hour thing because we knew ahead of time. They, yeah. they mm-hmm. said, this yeah. is going to be four hours long. If it had just been released and we are like, oh, well, we're at two hours and it's not even close to done yet, then I would have <laughs> yeah. been released. And this was one of the wonderful ironies of this cut. Zack Snyder is not known for his frivolous movies. you know, And uh, Joss Whedon is not known for being overly serious. But this cut made Superman a whole lot more fun than the than what was released in 2017 and I loved it because I did not like Superman I you know okay Superman is one of my favorite superheroes is, is probably not not one of he is my favorite Superman super superhero um, <laughs> something like that yeah. Some yeah, um, yeah my favorite Superman there, is Superman there are a few comics that I have read one of my most traumatic <laughs> childhood memories is bringing a Superman comic that I had to school when I was in first grade and the big kids 
took it from me on the bus and were throwing it all over the place. Oh. You know, I, I watched George Reeves as a kid, but Christopher Reeve will always be my Superman. And yes, three, four, were terrible. Uh, but I, you know, I still enjoy, well, okay, not four, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed three. I like Superman. I, I don't particularly like the attempts to make him gritty because Superman has always been fun for me. And so, Man of Steel, uh, Return, Return, you know, Superman Returns, there was a lot wrong with that movie. And we, we, we talked about that earlier. Uh, you know, and especially now, we can ignore it because Kevin Spacey's in it. Um, <laughs> we'll just pretend it didn't happen. And sadly, um, he was one of the more enjoyable parts of that movie. <laughs> except he was totally riffing on Gene Hackman. Well, of course. That's yeah, what that's the whole movie was. Totally yeah. on Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Homage, Reed, so. love letter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, or uh, Man of Steel, I really liked it for the most part. And I didn't have a problem with him killing Zod at the end. A lot of people were like, you know. Well, he oh, killed yeah. him in the, he killed him in the, the exactly. movie. <laughs> it's not new. Yeah, it's not new. <laughs> he killed him in the comics a number of times. You know, yeah. It's just like when people lose their shit over Batman killing people. Go Go to your Michael Keaton revered Batman movie and do it. There's a, a YouTube body count. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He literally, he literally kills in the old Adam West movie. Yeah. <laughs> Batman started wearing, you know, when he was first written, he wore two forty fives on his hips. It was anyway. He sure did. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got a Batman black and white statue with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, 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 the Whedon cut of this film. Aside, you know, bad mustache aside, was, it just spent more time with him being insane or dead. Uh, and then he came back and he was just like, you know, I'm all better now. And, and it just, it didn't make any sense. I loved all of the scenes in the Snyder Cut that showed him getting his mojo back. Lois is the key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and while I, I will, I will say this. What's her name? Amy, Amy, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. I, I've never liked her as Lois. She just didn't work for me as Lois. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's not anything against her. I don't think she did a bad job. She just maybe it's because she was know, too good. Well, she's not. <laughs> <Margo Kidder. laughs> I, I like. She's Amy not Margot Kidder. I she's mean, not Margot Kidder. And I think you know, <laughs> oh, and that's God. not her fault. I've never liked Margot Kidder. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, but you see, she was she was my Lois. You know, it's it's like you know, your your first James Bond, your first Doctor Who. Um, Margot Kidder was my Lois. Isn't well, my first my was. first Lois was Terry Hatcher, but <laughs> I don't care yeah. for her. Not a good Lois. example. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, I, anyway. I just even as a kid, I was just like, Ugh, Superman's in love with a, a reporter who chain smokes and can't spell. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> oh. I love Margot Kidder. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but you know, I, in, in, uh, in Man of Steel, you know, she was just stupid and, and Mark, and Lois Lane should not be stupid. Um, mm. she was much better in, in Justice League, but she still, I just, I, I, I may eventually, I, no. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I loved how there was a sense of fun with Superman again. And it wasn't just him being, you know, the, the whole scene where he's fighting with them at the beginning. And when, when, uh, when Diana called him Kal-El, I almost cried. And I don't know why, but it just, it just hit me. It was like, she's, 
I love Di- I love Wonder Woman. I love Diana. I, I liked how when he came back, he came back as Superman. Yeah. The uh, mm-hmm. I, I I don't I have no opinion on the black outfit. You know, I love I love the I love this outfit. Well, it harkened back to the comic when he came back to life. When he came back to mm-hmm. life, and, that was and, the and I'm, I'm cool with that. I, but you know, without I a cape, he wasn't wearing a cape in the in the comic. Yeah. But I didn't mind him in the black outfit. Now I know people wanted to see the black outfit, so it was that was fine. Um, but in the in the in the the uh, the Whedon cut, he just sort of shows up. Yeah. And then and then, God, I don't even remember. That's how memorable it was. I don't even remember what happened. I I even wrote down. I'm not impressed. I laughed my ass off at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he was part of the team. He wasn't just showing up to be, you know, da, 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 and I'm I'm now the movie. He was part of the team, and it was mm-hmm. great. And I loved, you know, one of the reasons Whedon was hired to do the movie at the last minute was because he was known for being able to handle an ensemble, but he didn't. He effed up big time. Not even just being a, 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 a butthole. He just did not handle the ensemble well. <laughs> Snyder's coverage of everybody in this movie was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And and I've been bitching about Snyder for years. Uh, I You know, there's a movie we won't mention because I'll go off. Um, but I just, I think he means he's sucker a little, punch. No. <laughs> he's a little too heavy handed for me most of the time. But he, this movie had a real light touch to it for him. And I was uh, I, so impressed. I, I would like to point out that Snyder did say that they are under some licensing agreements with Sucker, po- sucker Punch right now. But um, when that is up, he is developing a director's cut. There already is of, a director's cut. No, there's an extended edition. Okay, I thought that was he, a director's cut. He has a full director's cut because they made him cut. Like pretty much the, they just keep making him cut all of his movies down because he tells really long stories. Well, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So I'll I'll be interested to see that because I actually kind of like Sucker Punch. I, yeah, I do. I do too. I've seen the extended cut and I actually enjoyed it. So Me too. So yeah. when that director's cut comes out, I'm at 4K, baby. That's, that's <laughs> I wanted to ask one more question before I wrap up. Uh, did anybody notice that in the opening credits, because I noticed it yesterday when I was watching the Justice is Grey version, that in the credits it says Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Yeah, but they didn't say I about know. any of the other they didn't characters. Say, yeah, they didn't say created. I don't know if there's some kind of a license thing with Superman where any time that he's on in a show or a movie that they have to put that in the credits. But it's not. Well, I mean, and Schuster, there is. Schuster, Schuster. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, they they got royally screwed for oh, a yeah, long I know. time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know that. I know that story. But and it was the same with Bob Kane with Batman. And, yeah, that's uh, why I was when when well, I saw no, Bill well, Finger. No, 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 Kane got all the credit, whereas the other guy, Bill who, Finger, the, yeah, who did oh, the costume okay. and everything, didn't get any credit. That's what happened there. Yeah, I saw that in the <laughs> credits. I was expecting to see Batman created by Wonder Woman created. Oh, by. Exactly. I didn't see any of that. It was just <laughs> Superman. So, yeah, I I did notice that because again, it was like, oh, nice. Where's the rest of them? <laughs> right. Yeah, because I always notice it, like when I'm watching Superman and Lois, when I watch Smallville, they always put Superman created by, and I wondered if there's some kind of a thing in their will or something that said that anytime you use this character, you have to put it might be. Who, who it's created by. Or well, something. the families, the families took DC to court a few years ago, and a bunch of that was settled, and I, I don't know the, the specifics of it. I will say Batman v Superman was the first time on 
in a theatrical release that uh, it said Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they and it actually showed up on Gotham before that. The director's cut of this episode will be four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, and I have so many notes that I didn't even get to. Yeah. Like a well, lot. Just go through them real quick, or you can come on DC on Scream, uh, Scream, DC on Screen, and talk about them. <laughs> One other thing, I just want to—I just want to point out really quickly, since you're mentioning notes we didn't get to. I loved that the Bat voice was clearly electronic. Yeah, 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 yeah. they did that in the in the last one, but this one yeah, is they, so like Batman. Yeah, they did yeah. that in BVS. I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, uh, um, uh, Bale's Batman, but every time he did the bat voice, it was so ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Batman in this movie and Batman versus Superman really take, they take a lot from the Arkham Asylum video games and also the Dark Knight Mm -hmm. Rises. Like his costume in this looks a lot like what he wore in that video game. Dark Knight Returns, you mean? Uh, yeah, Dark Knight Returns. What did I say? Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Sorry. Yeah. So the, the outfit was clearly inspired from from that, and the vehicle he is standing on at the end of the movie is yeah. directly oh. from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that tank! I wanted to yeah. see that in action. <laughs> yeah, the guy that that created Mortal Kombat was like, "I've got a suggestion for the for for Zack's next movie." Uh, he said, <laughs> "It's like." Uh, Zack Snyder's Injustice, and I was like, oh, God, yes, please call it that. Please. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Jen, thank you very much for being here tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Dave, let anybody know where they can find you. DCOnScreen.com, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on all the places. So we, we cover the uh, multiverse of film and television, DC properties, so it's, you know, DC TV movies, HBO Max, the whole whole shebang. All right. Scott, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, as always. And you, you want to plug your stuff? Uh, you can find me uh, on this show. You can find me on that Star Trek podcast. Um, I have my uh, Prime Direction finale is in the works, and that'll be coming out uh, before too long. Um, and, and my workload goes up. Yeah, well, that's on you, buddy. Um, and uh, aside from podcasting, I also have my uh, graphic art side business. If anyone's interested, you can visit me on Twitter at Planet Rise or visit my website, www.planetrisecreative.com. All right. And Rick. <laughs> I'm on the internet. Just look. <laughs> Should we look for Tawel? <laughs> that's that's Superman's beach bum uh, brother. Tawel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody, make sure you join our discussion group on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Next time, we absolutely will be talking about Oz. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wizard of Oz and... All the different versions of Oz that showed up in uh, movies and television. And you can join us on that Star Trek podcast as we continue to talk about the episodes and the films that involve time travel. Uh, we have an episode coming out uh, this week where Scott, Tom, and I uh, talk about yesteryear from the animated series. So you'll find all of that and all of our other podcasts over at infinitepotato.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us again next time on that Super Fan Talk podcast when you might hear Scott say, 
So I went to my usual salon the other day, and my stylist asked me what I wanted. I said, give me a Snyder cut. It took me four days, but I came out with computer-generated hair that only looks right when I turn my head in slow motion. She offered to make it gray, but I said no. Still, it's better than when I asked for a Whedon style, and she just put two dried-up shrimp tails in my hair and told me there were cinnamon sugar clumps. <laughs> I know what you're talking about there. There you go. There you I go. understand that reference. <laughs> I'm Stay away from the cinnamon every- post crunch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that everyone has the the Captain America. I understood that reference. Gif. <laughs> <laughs>